Alright, welcome back here to Conti Forum on the campus of Chestnut Hill. Mike Macknick, John Leahy with you in the score. At the end of the first period is Merrimack leading Boston College one to nothing. And our guest for this first intermission is the fine college hockey writer for the Boston Globe, Nancy Maripiesborough. And first of all, let's talk about that first period. Uh, BC with a little bit of the edge early on, but uh, not able to generate a lot of scoring chances. And the ones that they did get, some good saves by Joe Canada, And then uh, Merrimack started to carry the play after that. Yeah, I thought so, and also I, I think Merrimack's doing the smart thing, which is they're big and strong and physical, and they're trying to take the body and, and trying to intimidate BC a little bit. And, uh, it, you know, they did a really good job of that in the first period. This looks like a game where transition and uh, turnovers may dictate what happens. Both clubs seem to like to generate chances off of turnovers, and BC, we know, is a very quick club in transition. Oh, absolutely, and you saw that uh, at different times of the period where uh, it was like boom, 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 and there they were right in front of the net, and Kanata, as you said, made those stops, and you know he's going to have to in order for them to, to win this game. And the chances Merrimack's getting down the other end, Muse had to make some pretty good saves on his own. He did, and they've had a couple really, really good flurries where uh, he really had to come up big. I mean, if you look at uh, Muse's numbers, uh, he's not really giving anybody anything right now. So uh, they're going to have to work for those and, and maybe you know create some traffic in front of them like they did on that goal. And, um, you know, they're, they're, Merrimack's playing very well. Now the goal that was called back, the Gibbons goal, which was at 11.54, and uh, referee Tim Benedetto went and took a look at it. Uh, I, I thought the goal was going to count. What did you think? Well, it, it was tough to tell because it looked like Carey used the kicking motion uh, and it went, apparently went off the skating in, and that's why they called it back. But, I mean, I, I thought it was a very good play by Gibbons to just do that blind backhander, and it, it looked like it was almost like a seeing-eye thing where it was going in uh, either way. And it was just, you know, it's an unfortunate break for BC, but... Um, you know, they got plenty of weapons. They, they'll be back in the next period. Yeah, it kind of looked almost from my angle. I thought that maybe it had gone off the skate of one of the Merrimack players, Madsen, but, uh, uh, you know, they took a look at it, I guess, and, and decided that it had gone off one of the BC players. So uh, did, did you know at first that it had gone off Kerry? It looked like it had, yeah. uh, but you, you could see the way his leg moved, that it did look like uh, the skate was uh, propelling it forward. So it, it, we, were, we figured it would be 50-50. Let's talk about uh, Jerry York for Boston College. Gets the Lester Patrick Award this week along with, with uh, Jack Parker. So uh, and, and John and I were talking before the game. You really can't, I, I suppose. Uh, it would have been almost an injustice, wouldn't it, if, if they had chosen to, to give it to one of those guys and not the other. So it made sense to do both. Well, we were joking about that. We said, you know, no matter what award comes out, it's, uh, it's, they're alternating national titles now, and now it makes sense to give them both the award at the same time. So, I mean, both, you know, real classy people, uh, great coaches, long distinguished careers. Uh, it made perfect sense to me to, to honor them together. They're also, you know, very close friends. You know, th that raises this question, and I meant to ask Jerry this in the pregame interview, and I didn't, of course. You, you know what he's going to say at any rate, but, but I I'll ask you this question. Uh, he, I mean, he's done almost everything there is to do. So on the one hand, how much longer does he coach? A lot of other people at his age are taking it easy and not putting themselves through the kind of things that he has to do. On, on the other hand, he's arguably at the top of his game with two national championships in the last three years. Well, you look at Hockey East as a league. I mean, it's, it, there are just so many strong teams, and I think I think that actually helps the, the cream of the crop, whether it be the BUs or the BCs or the Merrimack. And the, and the UNH is in the sense that they're playing a great team every night and every weekend, and it, it helps them get better, and it makes them by the end of the season really, really good to go against other teams and, and other leagues. And So I, I think they're actually helping each other, and I, I think that propels them forward, and, and it's fun, and they're winning, and, you know, why not keep going, right? 
So York and Parker then, how much longer do you think they both go? Well, I think, we, I think they, there are two different issues there. I think with Jackie's um, heart issues, you know, health is going to be a big thing. He said he'll do it as long as he enjoys it and when he doesn't enjoy it anymore. You know, and I, I think Jerry's pretty much in the same boat that once, but you know, I, I think Jeff's going to take care of himself. And he, and he does take care of himself, but he's got to be mindful of, of what his limitations are health-wise. And, you know, and I, I think Jerry's in, in real good shape and, and, and could go as long as he wants. Talking with Nancy Merrapeesborough from the Boston Globe. Merrimack leads BC here, one to nothing at Conti Forum at the end of the first period. Uh, let's get your thoughts. It's the first time that we've had a chance to talk to you here during the season. Your thoughts on on hockey East, how things are going to shape up. Obviously, uh, BC, the unanimous pick by the coaches, virtually unanimous from the media uh, to finish in first place, and it, it certainly looks as though they will. Which is why we've been saying it. Merrimack comes out of this game with a point or two on the road, and they've got two games coming up at home with BC. That could bode well for them because a lot of teams are not going to take a lot of points from BC this year, but how do you see the rest of the league shaking up? Well, you know, it's really hard to say right now. There's, there's so many, I think it was Mark Dennehy that uh, basically used the, the word soup in terms of changing spices and teams and things like that, and that it does change the dynamic, but you've got a lot of new faces in hockey East this year. You've got some teams that are, you know have gotten bigger and stronger. You've gotten some teams that have lost veterans and are, are really young. Um, so I, I think you're going to, I think you're looking really at mid-December before you can really evaluate where everybody is. I mean, I look at Northeastern, and you know they, they're kind of an enigma to me right now. Um, you know, Chris Wallace has played really well, but uh, there's some there's some things that need to sort of come together with that team. UNH is another team that you know hasn't quite gotten an identity yet. Um, you know, BC's probably got the most strongest identity. is very very young, but extremely talented. You know, Merrimack, like I said, big, strong, physical, uh, and that's going to go a long way. He also got some pretty good scoring touch, and Kanata has stepped it up big time. So uh, I, I would say let's talk in mid-December. We'll have a better, clearer picture then. Certainly, you know, we, we talked before the year, uh, you know, some of us, whether, you know, can they duplicate what happened last year where everything went down to the final weekend in Hockey East and, and you ended up with the teams that finished finish third through ninth had a difference of only four points among them. I mean, Northeastern in that final weekend, either they're going to get home ice or they finish out of the playoffs. It's amazing. I said, I don't see how that could possibly happen again, but it almost seems to be shaping up that way. Well, and Providence really was the only odd man team out on that final weekend. I mean, everybody else was sort of jockeying for home ice, like you say, or battling to just stay in it like Northeastern was. And, you know, I think Jack Parker said that Northeastern was the best college hockey team not to make the playoffs because of uh, how strong the league was. So, yeah, I, I think it could absolutely come down last week, and it wouldn't really surprise me if it, if it was all ten teams still in it on that last weekend. Well, we've got second period coming up here, BC and Merrimack. BC still got some time on the power play here. Uh, going to be almost a full two minutes with Flanagan's penalty coming late. Uh, what do you see happening here in this second period? What, what are both coaches telling their clubs in the locker room? Well, I think BC's got to settle down a little bit. They looked a little bit fractured out there in, in terms of the shifts, and um, it wasn't what I've seen from them so far this year, so my guess is they'll be a little bit more polished and you know, a little more tape-to-tape on the passes and look for fewer turnovers and you know, get through the neutral zone a little more smoothly than they have. I would say as Dedehy's probably telling his team, just keep doing what you're doing. All right, Nancy, great to see you as always. We'll look, tell folks to look for your articles uh, tomorrow in the Boston Globe, and uh, thank you again. Thank you.